Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right. Uh, welcome back, everyone. This is uh, Glenn West here, a senior writer at Go247. Um, joined today. We're back with another uh, another pod here, another fall camp pod. But uh, obviously got a, a little bit of a, a treat for you guys. You know, we're welcoming uh, our newest member, uh, Dylan Sanders. Obviously, uh, you know, he's a senior here, um, kind of entering his final season with the Manship School of Journalism. Uh, Dylan uh, is, is you know, put out some really great articles for us so far. And, uh, you know, we're, we're really excited to bring Dylan on board. He's done some really great stuff and kind of has a little bit of a background with the podcasting world too. So I'll just turn it over to you for a little bit, Dylan, just kind of riff about yourself for a little while and just, uh, we're excited to have you on, man, but how are you? Yeah, thank you. I'm doing good. Um, yeah, so just started today. It was second, third day of classes. I'm, it's been less than a week. I'm already lost. Um, (laughs) Oh my goodness. So much, uh, so much to do. Uh, like tonight I have to watch the shining crazy, oh, busy, <laughs> busy school set schedule, but go. no, no, but, um, I know I'm very excited last, uh, last year of school. It's been a journey. Uh, I know people, you know, like to know where, where people got, went to high school. I went to central yep. shout out, go wildcats. Um, they'll be talked about a lot because they are in the hardest division in Baton Rouge out of nowhere now in high school football, but I uh, graduated from there. Um, LSU now I'm getting my degree in journalism and yeah. So just started at, at two, four, seven last week uh, officially. And then I also write about the saints for saints wire, which is part of the USA today subgroup. Um, also, if you like the saints, I used to do a daily show for about a year with Ross Jackson, um, who is the host of locked on saints. So yeah, I've been doing shows for a while. Um, been doing sports writing for a couple of years now, excited to take that next step and start with two, four, seven, learn from Glenn and Sonny, uh, get into the recruiting, uh, recruiting realm. Uh, but yeah, no, it's all just super, super exciting. I love, I love football. I love sports in general. Um, college athletics is, has been where I focused a lot. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just very excited to get started. Yeah, absolutely. So kind of the deal is with Dylan, he'll be helping us out a lot with the team stuff and team side of things. He'll be following us around and being it, he's been at all the practices so far. We've been doing these practice notes. We've been at all the pressers and everything. So he's uh, really well-versed in all this stuff already. And we're going to, we're going to throw him right into the fire here. I think we're going to get him put to busy, uh, you know, put to work right away. But uh, yeah, so we have plenty to talk about today. Um, you know, I think probably the, the biggest thing we don't want to bury the lead as we, as you say, in the journalism world, but the LSU quarterback battle certainly sounds like things are winding down for LSU. Uh, you know, Max, uh, you know, obviously uh, with uh, Garrett Nussmeyer and, 
uh, Jaden Daniels now is the two guys that you're really looking at as the the future starters here and uh, really winding, you know, kind of been a, a hectic last week. You know, I think last week at this time we were watching our final full practice. Uh, we were supposed to have one on uh, yesterday on Tuesday oh, of this goodness. week, but weather was being very uncooperative. And, you know, we kind of came in initially thinking this with this pod, we'd have a whole bunch to talk about with that last final practice or the final full practice we would get, but uh, you know, just weather wasn't, wasn't weather wasn't helping us out any. And so, uh, but we still got a lot, you know, I think to, to kind of touch on, I think the quarterback battle, Jaden Daniels, Garrett Nussmeyer, obviously this is the big one, but uh, yeah, just kind of give me, I guess your initial thoughts on, uh, on, on what this battle has looked like. I'll, I'll chime in when, when we need to, but yeah, absolutely. Just kind of give us your, Initial takeaways of what you've seen the last week from those two, what we've heard from Coach Kelly, and just kind of where this thing seems seems to be going. Yeah, so for me personally, this is this quarterback competition has not played out the way that I thought it was that I thought it would, but in a different way from others. I have been on the Jaden Daniels train since he since he came to the school, uh, and I still am. Uh, don't get me wrong with that, but I think Nussmeyer has shown me a lot more than I expected him to in terms of growth. Uh, my first game covered was the Arkansas game. Uh, so like I got to see, I did get to see him up close last year. Um, so I, I don't know. I just didn't expect uh, him to have taken such a leap in one off season in terms of his talent. Uh, Cause arm talent, I don't think no matter who you talk to, Nobody has a question of his arm talent. Uh, it's it's really good. And Jaden's is as well. I think the way for, for me, it has not been a question of talent anymore. These are two super, super talented quarterbacks. But the way I have been leaning, and I think the way that the coaching staff will lean, is towards Jaden Daniels being your starter for Florida State just because of how he has handled the offense. During the scrimmage we saw, we saw each person pl- uh, take a couple drives, and whenever Jaden was behind center, it was play, 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 and then touchdown or field goal. Whenever Nussmeyer, it was a, it was not as smooth. Uh, they had to call a timeout at one point, getting the play call in. They, uh, they, it, it just was not uh, as easy of a process for Nussmeyer, and that's expected. Uh, Jaden Daniels has played thirty games, and I think you can tell in his management of the offense that he's played 30 games. Uh, and Nussmeyer's just newer. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree completely. And kind of just piggybacking off of that a little bit, I think probably the, the thing that we've learned from Coach Kelly in the last week is how much they're going to really lean on experience and leadership. I think that's probably the one thing, you know, we asked him about uh, the, the the leadership that Jaden Daniels has shown. He gave us a really great answer on Saturday with the, the clap reference uh, just him being able to really command the offense when he's in there. I think that was a, a a really apparent thing that Coach Kelly and really this offensive staff have taken to uh, in the last several weeks. And like you said, it was never really about the talent with both of these guys. I think kind of heading into the, the, the summer, the, the biggest question mark with this whole room really was what Jaden would look like coming back, you know, with the, with the footwork and just the improvements that you made in the short and intermediate accuracy with the throwing. Um, I think that was probably the biggest X factor kind of in the summer is how we would look uh, after having a full off season with not only his quarterbacks coaches back in California, but coordinating with the 
LSU staff as well and just how all that looked coming back into the fall. And he really looked like a more confident passer. He looked like a more uh, accurate passer really from the first couple practices on. And I think that's probably kind of where we're at right now. I do think it's probably going to be Jaden Daniels uh, as the starter. Um, again, nothing against Nussmeyer. I mean, Nussmeyer at least a couple times of practice makes these throws that not many other college quarterbacks can make. I think you, you can see the talent, the potential, um, but the one thing that he just doesn't have right now is the experience level that a Jaden Daniels has. And I think that's going to be a, a big factor here. And I think it's not only the, the experience, but the mobility. Um, I think Jaden Daniels does an absolutely terrific job of extending plays with his feet. And I think the biggest thing here is if you've got concerns, which I don't think LSU has a ton of, but they've been there the last two years with this offensive line. If you, have some of those concerns and you see them early in these games and early in the season, you want somebody back there that's going to be able to scramble, is going to be able to get into the open field with his legs and, and kind of keep drives alive and keep plays alive. I think that's something that LSU really struggled with last year uh, was keeping drives alive when things kind of broke down. When you have a, a guy like Daniels who can move the way he does, and we've seen it up close and personal, it is no joke. I mean, he can absolutely fly – um, I think you can save a couple drives of games at least uh, uh, with his legs. And I think that's going to be a, a huge deciding factor in all this. What I want to clarify, and I think that it's just a, a matter of whenever you're writing something, sometimes you can't get, a, get the point across that you want to. Um, I don't think Jaden Daniels is a running quarterback. He is a quarterback that can run. And a lot of people hear the hear about his legs a lot, which he is a serious threat to his game and is a, and is a huge point in his favor, but he doesn't look to run. Uh, I think a lot of people think that whenever we talk about his speed and his athleticism is that we're saying he is a run first quarterback. He's not at all. And I think he's proven that in the, in the scrimmage rush that we've seen, you know, he's progressing through his reads. He's stepping up, staying in the pocket. And whenever the play collapses, then he's able to get a, uh, get out and get a first down on with his legs. It's not like, Oh, I don't have my first read. I'm going to run. That's not the type of quarterback that he is. Um, and I know some people are worried about that. So I want to put that to, to rest where that's not a real concern with him. Yeah, and, and what we kind of know about this offense, right? I mean, they want to get these receivers the ball. I mean, that's the one mm -hmm. thing that I think I took away probably from Kelly um, on Saturday as well, uh, which was a couple now a couple press conferences ago for him. He seems like we're talking to him a lot recently, but um, they 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 noted that they they have probably one of the deepest receiving cores in all of college football. I mean, mm -hmm. Kayshawn Butte, if Malik Neighbors isn't an All SEC player at the end of the year, I think something's gone wrong. Um, I think he has shown to be an absolutely lethal weapon. I think he's going to be really, really difficult for opposing defenses. I think those two uh, kind of serving as your one-two punch, and then you can mix in, you know, a Jack Besh, a Brian Thomas, a Jerry Jenkins, and Chris Hilton, and, and Kyron Lacey. I mean, there's just so many guys that I think will have opportunities to get the ball. And you want your quarterback to be able to find those guys. And I think probably the first couple scrimmages that we got to see – 
Um, Daniels was doing a really nice job of that. We didn't get to see him air it out a whole lot. Uh, I think he was settling a lot for the short and intermediate routes, which was great because that's what the defense was allowing. And so um, I, I do think that LSU will ultimately decide on Jaden Daniels. Um, you know, we, sounds like, you know, from Coach Kelly, it's going to happen in the next couple of days. Um, but we'll, we'll, we got all the stories written just in case. But uh, <laughs> I think we uh, – and, and look, I think the other thing here is that maybe we haven't touched on yet is I think both of these guys could absolutely end up playing this year. I mean, like, you know, if – you, know, you kind of get into the week eight, week nine range, and LSU's got a couple losses. You know, what's the harm in putting Nussmeyer out if he's showing out in practice and, you know, keeping on top of things and really showing that, you know, he has that ability to be able to start? So, um, you know, I, just because you start the season with somebody does not mean that they're going to end the season with the same guy. And so I, I do think there's going to be opportunities throughout the season, possibly for Nussmeyer to, to sneak in and get some reps. But, um, just what, what are your thoughts on that? What do you think about both of those guys potentially playing this year? I think that both will play for sure. But what I want to see, I want whoever it is that gets called, uh, whose name gets called against Florida state. I want to have, I want them to have the entire game versus Florida state. Yeah. Um, I think that'll be important to setting a rhythm and, and setting I, I don't mind playing both quarterbacks. I don't like two quarterback systems. Uh, because you need to establish a rhythm and having giving the guy you name uh, the starter, the full game against Florida State, I think will be very important. Now, whenever it comes to games against like Florida, uh, I mean, Southern, uh, obviously most people don't expect the game to be super close. That's whenever I think you'll see a little bit more of one quarterback versus another to get them both some live action, maybe. Uh, but I think this first game, they need to stick with whoever they name uh, i think i'm with you there and i think we're probably both in that that daniel's boat i think we both pretty well articulated that um so i think we could probably move on here there's a couple topics that we want to hit on outside of the the quarterback question i think probably one of the biggest things for me is just some of the positions on the roster that have kind of gained some clarity over the last couple you know really weeks but um you know i think the offensive line Certainly sounds like they're settling in on a, on an offensive line rotation. Um, the cornerbacks group certainly sounds like there's you know, the veterans there that they trust. Um, just a little bit of background. We got to watch practice on Tuesday, and Seven Banks and Demarius McGee were both dressed, but they were not participating in team drills. So, um, you know, I think that's certainly at this point, you know, with a week and change uh, until the first game, um, something you want to keep your eye on in terms of just whether or not those guys will see a heavy amount of reps. I think right now the, the team feels very confident in Jarek Bernard Converse and Colby Richardson. I think those are two guys you're going to see a lot of against Florida State. Um, as far as the offensive line goes, I'm, you know, they did some shaking around. I think they had Cam Wyatt right tackle on Saturday. They had him a little bit there yesterday. Um, you know, they have, uh, you know, Frazier at right guard. They got uh, Shorts at left guard. You got Dellinger at center, uh, Campbell at left tackle. I think that's probably your five or six that you see the most against mm -hmm. Florida State as well, with maybe a little Charles Turner mixed in, maybe a little Marcus Dumerville mix, mixed in. Um, those are kind of the seven or eight that I think Coach Kelly has really settled in on. And, um, just, uh, I guess, kind of what are your overall thoughts of those two groups? Because it's really been kind of the two groups that I think outside of quarterback, people have been really, 
you know, kind of keying in on and, and looking at the most? So I think the left side of the line is for sure intact. I think you're going to have Campbell and you're going to have Schwartz. Um, they make a great duo. And it sounds like Garrett Dellinger has gotten uh, the snapping under control because it was really bad the one day that we saw, but apparently that was just an outlier day mm-hmm. um, with a lot on his plate learning the position. It's understandable. Uh, but again, we didn't get to watch the offense at all yesterday. So we don't, we didn't get to see any of the snapping, uh, but apparently according, if we want to trust coach Kelly, it has been fixed, been resolved. And we're now, now that is settled. Sounds like it's going to be Dellinger. So it's really that the right guard, right tackle, depending on what combination. He mentioned Bradford can play either position. Yeah. Um, so you, you could see Bradford at right guard and then Wire or Doomerville at the right tackle. Doomerville is a guy that has that really surprised me uh, whenever we saw an extended amount of him in practice. I like the strides that he's making. Um, so, yeah, I agree with the, the same groupings that you have for uh, – for offensive line, as for cornerback, uh, Jarek Bernard Converse uh, is not getting targeted whenever we see him, whenever we are seeing team team drills. I think he has it locked down. Uh, Colby, uh, Colby Richardson, I, there's always something in my mind that wants to say Cody Dickerson now. Richardson, it, I know. Like, if Brian Kelly gave us the yips, it's going to be, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be hard to, hard, hard to separate that completely. Yeah. Um, in just my a little background on that for like I want to say three or four straight press conferences. You know, we were asking about <laughs> Colby Richardson, and uh, Coach Kelly came in with the Kobe Dickerson. Uh, I think it just took him a little while to switch that brain. He kind of told us yesterday that he had a lot of Dickersons playing for him the last couple of years at Notre Dame, but it was a, a nice little lighthearted moment from the coach. But yes, Colby Richardson certainly seems like he's established himself. I, I th- and I really think that it is a funny anecdote, but I think it goes to show kind of how out of nowhere it is yeah. uh, that he like coach isn't messing up Keishon Booty's name. Like that's not happening. Uh, well, he might, he might mess up his name. Like that's a bad example depending on how he wants to pronounce it. Um, but Nuss yeah, yeah, Nuss Nuss yeah, he's not, me- he's not messing, messing up Nuss. Uh, he is uh, he's messing up his name because of how new and unexpected his emergence has been. Uh, but apparently it's very real. It's not just preseason fall camp smoke. It sounds like he is going to be out there against uh, Florida State. And that really backs up what we've seen in in practice. He he looks the part. He looks physically the part. You know, uh, there's been all the talk of him reforming his body. He looks like an SEC corner out there. Um, whenever we saw him the first time he was getting first team reps, I, I had to look him up. I didn't know who he was. And I was like, who's that? Um, I thought Makai Garner and maybe switch numbers. Uh, yeah. That's what I think what a couple of people thought. Um, and Makai, <laughs> Makai Garner is big, is, is bigger though. Makai Garner is safety size out there. He um, too. he's been getting all yeah. the first team reps too. I mean, so they, they have a nice little healthy, you know, rotation going. So sorry. Yeah. Oh, no, no, yeah, you're good. Um, I was just gonna say about Makai Garner, he's the most vocal, I think, on the team. Uh, he's loud in a good way. Like he's loud. He's talking up the offense. He's uh, yeah, yeah, getting in each other's faces. Like I don't know. I feel like the energy through the second half of camp has been so much higher and so much better than the first game, and that's that is expected. But at some point, you wanted it to get to this level where they're jawing at each other. They're all having fun. It's all like friendly practice stuff. It's teammate talk. Yeah. Um, 
but you wanted it to get to this level and you didn't know how, how much this group was going to gel given how many new faces there are from all over the country. Um, it is such a new group, but it sounds like they really have begun to, to meld as a team. And I think the, the cornerback group is a good example of that because they've been one of the more vocal groups on the team. Sure. Absolutely. I think the secondary as a whole has been very good with that. You know, Fouché has been, been John a lot. I think we've heard a lot about major burns and his ability to be a, a vocal communicator in the back half of this defense. Certainly think you're going to see a lot of, of major early in the season with uh, Jay Ward and Greg Brooks. there kind of filling out the secondary. So, yeah, I think that's, you know, kind of building on that maybe even a little bit more. It, one of the more interesting answers I thought Coach Kelly gave yesterday was just how much this team looks ready to play. You know, I think the the kind of the first couple weeks of camp, it's a lot of feeling each other out. Uh, it's a lot of finding out, you know, the combinations that work, who's going to be in line for, for significant roles in the season. And now I think they're starting to get into that point where they're going to start playing here very quickly for Florida State. And I think the players are starting to take notice of that and they understand how crucial of a point this is in fall camp. And uh, you're seeing a lot of that vocal communication. You're seeing a lot of the high intensity. Uh, and, and, you know, we, we, we've certainly, I think, kind of entered a new realm here of the fall camp. Um, so uh, definitely think that, you know, LSU's getting ready and, and certainly going to be prepared for that for that first week. But, um, you know, I think kind of just moving on, did you have any other big takeaways from practices the last couple of days? I mean, we got to see them on Tuesday and on Saturday. Uh, Saturday, uh, for those who might not know, LSU was inside Tiger Stadium, I think, for the first time all fall. Um, and they had a bunch of former players in and they had a, a really nice, uh, nice practice and got a little again. The weather kind of was uncooperative, but a lot of those 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 guys stuck it out throughout the whole practice. They were in there the whole time. Uh, media only got about 30, 35 minutes. But um, just just did you have any kind of just takeaways walking around Tiger Stadium or? walking around the last couple of days with the, with other positions on the roster? Well, first off, it just felt good to be back in Tiger Stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, like once you're in the stadium, there is this sort of feel of like, okay, we're actually here. The off season's ending. We're getting back to football. It's soon. Uh, so just first off, it's just, it's just good to be back in there. Um, but also another, another position group that I think needs to be talked about as a certainty, a certainty is Jay Bramblett. Ray Ramblett has looked really good as a punter. Um, and I feel like that's a that's a position group where I feel LSU has been lacking for a couple of years. We haven't had that. Uh, we've had our guys, but like haven't, haven't had a guy that you think, okay, this guy can flip the position, uh, flip the field position for us on a dime. Like no, uh, no one to super trash. Yeah. Like since Von Rosenberg. Yeah. So now I feel like we're really back to that. He is constantly booming punts, like 50, 50, 50 yarders back to back, stuff like that. And I saw him in, uh, in Tiger Stadium. They were, they were using the amount, the small amount of field that they have in terms of practicing as much as they could. He was punting into the stands and then the kickers were going to pick up the punts mm-hmm. from the stands. Uh, so but we got to see him, and he was ab- still absolutely booting the balls. Uh, so that was a, a, a guy that stood out uh, during the uh, little section that we got to watch that day. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think they kind of have a, a good sense of their punter. It sounds like their kicking situation is still 
a work in progress. I think Damian Ramos is the guy that Coach Kelly floated out there as the leader in the clubhouse for for field goals. Um, they're still looking for a kickoff guy. Um, so that that is one that I think will kind of come down to the wire. Yeah, I think one for me that just is you know, hadn't been talked about a whole ton, but I think is going to be really important is the linebacker group. I mean, we've seen a lot of Mike Jones and Greg Penn in the middle of that field. And I think probably one of the biggest takeaways last week when we had the full practice experience, LSU was giving up some big holes in the middle of the, the, the middle of the field. Like Noah Kane and Armani Goodwin both had really good days um, uh, for the offense last week in that full practice. And, you know, I think it's one of those things. We asked Coach Matt House about it last week. It's a physicality thing, I think, for both of those guys. Um, they're not used to, or at least in Jones's case, is not used to playing uh, that middle linebacker spot a whole ton in his career. He got a little bit of that opportunity uh, towards the end of last season. But, you know, I think this is kind of his big year to really show that he can be an inside linebacker. Uh, Greg Penn is obviously still a second-year player. He's got a, a lot of work to do, but I think he ha- has shown this staff really to be a, a key piece in what they're hoping to do. Um but you know, I, I think they really like the depth in that group. You know, that's something Coach Kelly talked about last week and, you know, West Weeks and Harold Perkins, the freshman, I think is really flashed at times as well. Um, they're, they're, Micah Baskerville, you can't forget about him. He's probably the most experienced in terms of SEC ready and SEC kind of linebacker. He saw it a lot uh, over his last couple of years at LSU. And so we expect him to have a, a significant role, but uh, yeah, the linebacker group was really one that I think uh, it has flown a little bit under the radar this year, just because you kind of felt like you knew what you had with the group coming in. Uh, but I think a couple of those guys have really stood out and I, I, I could certainly see a situation where they rotate, you know, four or five guys into that you know group early in the season until they find that right combination. So um, that's just really uh, one of the a couple of the the things that we noticed, I think, over the last uh, couple of weeks. But yeah, I, did, you want I did. I wanted to add real quick. A lot of people uh, on the boards have been asking about uh, the physicality uh, because a lot of the media uh, availability in terms of camera, like being able to film, is during like the non tackling stuff. So they haven't seen it. Uh, you mentioned a name, West Weeks. That dude oh. is a thumper. <laughs> yeah. No. I yeah. Think he had the biggest hit probably of all fall camp that I've seen at least. He got, um, you know, they hit Jare Jenkins on a nice little slant route, and Jare was flying down the field. Somebody got a hold of Jare, but then Wes Weeks came in and just absolutely pummeled him um, at, at the very end of that play. And Jare popped right back up. He was fine. It was a big hit, and it was really nice to see, I think, for the media just to get that kind of physicality out there. But, no, I think the physical mm-hmm. – the physical nature of these practices has been has been really good, um, and I think it's they, they've they've done a nice job of keeping everybody healthy. I think that's another thing too. There's not many injuries out there. I mean, I I mean, Seven Banks has been in and out. Um, you know, McGee has been pretty much limited. I think since the early part of camp, but there hasn't been uh, Bash and Hilton were obviously limited earlier, but they're fully back now. Um, I think these guys are, are really really healthy heading into the year, and that's. Really, since the 2019 season, you couldn't say that about mm-hmm. LSU. It was either opt outs or, or injuries, or you know, guys just just not you know being healthy enough to really be going full full speed. And so, um, I think that's that's a, certainly a really big positive sign. I think that with uh, with the health 
And then we are constantly talking about players reforming their bodies, um, going through these transformations, looking the best they've ever looked. I just want to give a shout out to the strength and conditioning staff. It seems like they're doing a fantastic job. Jake Flint. Flint. Yeah. It seems like this staff uh, is really, really good. And it seems like Kelly brought in uh, some good people to take over that charge. This doesn't seem like a team that's going to get pushed around by Missouri. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, I think they're, yeah, they're 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 heading into this year very very physically ready to handle anything that's thrown at them, and so that's that's a good sign. Um, I think that was pretty much it from the team side of things. We did want to touch on some high school football that's starting up. Obviously, that's a big part of the recruiting business, the recruiting world. We got Sunny and Dylan are both going to be hitting up some spots this this week at the end of this week. It's Jamboree week for high school football. Uh, just a couple of Matchups that we're looking for around here in the Baton Rouge area. Uh, Madison Preps taking on Woodlawn. That's obviously a great chance to see um, uh, Ricky Collins and, and, and Matthews, the, the safety commit, um, who's certainly who's currently committed to Tennessee. Texas, Tennessee, Tennessee. That's right. He, he did the little he did the little flip. I think at the end. I think most people were expecting Texas, but he's at Tennessee. Um, we got Bel Air is taking on Liberty, and Liberty obviously has Caleb Jackson, the running back. Um, St. James and Vanderbilt Catholic, uh, Kai Preen, the athlete that just recently committed to LSU, is going to be uh, participating in that game. You got Catholic and Dunham. That's obviously a really big uh, two big programs here in, in Baton Rouge area that have, have put out some really <laughs> talented players over over several years. And uh, Shelton Sampson, the, the the Catholic receiver, is going to be right there in that mix. And uh, you got Lafayette Christian and Zachary as well, and that's going to be a Kylan Jackson, Eli Holstein, uh, 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 Jawan Johnson, the, the 2024 player. Uh, lots of guys, certainly, that I think Sonny and and, uh, and Dylan are going to get a chance to get a good look at, I think, on the field. And so, uh, Dylan, just talk about a couple of the games that you're going to be hitting up this week and some of the prospects you're excited to see. Yeah, so weather permitting, being as though we are in August in Louisiana, uh, you, know, you can never be too sure. I mean, it's I think it's storming right now. It's safe to assume it is. It's storming here, for sure. Um, yeah, so it sounds like we're going to try uh, – at least me and Sonny are going to be at Woodlawn um, tomorrow, hopefully. Uh, very excited to see Ricky Collins up close um, and with a little bit more progression over the, over the offseason, see how he looks. Um, and then we always do have to keep a close eye on Jordan Matthews because I think it's well known that LSU is not giving up on him. Nope. Um, and a lot of people uh, have been sharing the sentiment that they feel better about it, LSU having a chance at him with the late switch to Tennessee from Texas. Uh, they, they feel a little bit a little bit better about LSU being able to maybe sneak in there. Um, but whatever it is, LSU is not giving up on that. So I'm excited to still keep an eye on him. And then Friday, I plan to be on the uh, Lafayette Christian at Lafayette Christian and Zachary um, to see Kylan Jackson. Um, personally, that's who I'm most excited for uh, on that day because he just plays a real fun style of football uh, as a safety, physical. very physical. And of course, Eli Holstein is not coming to LSU, but it'll still be interesting to see him play in terms of what we can expect at uh, out of at. at wherever he's at Alabama for those couple of years. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And we got uh, Jawan Johnson is yeah. in that game too. He's a 24 guy. Yeah. yeah. Most likely to play cornerback, I believe, but he'll be yeah. playing. He plays quarterback at high school. 
Um, we'll see if he plays both sides maybe or if that changes. Yeah, I'm interested to see Collins as well. I mean, we saw him – I think I was back at the seven-on-seven seven thing that LSU had uh, earlier in June, um, and I think that's kind of when LSU really stepped up and heated up the pressure on him was at that seven-on-seven seven tournament. I think they uh, – he the ball really flies off his arm. He's, he does a really nice – Really nice job of, of getting the ball out quickly, and uh, I think he's going to be a, a really special player um, for for the future. And so, yeah, I, think I think that I think there are a ton of people that genuinely believe that Ricky Collins is the best quarterback out of Louisiana from this class. I mean, it's it's uh, it's possible. I I, I I don't know if I'd go that far, but I would say he's certainly. In the upper echelon. Yeah. I haven't uh, seen them in person, so I can't say. But I do know that there are a ton of people uh, and coaches alike that do th- that think he will be, or at least maybe yeah. not is right now, but could he could be. I mean, we of course he has, I think, limitless potential, but has some of those mechanics that he needs to work on. Uh, but you look at it; it's a lot of the same stuff, like footwork, throwing motion, release. Uh, it's a lot of the same stuff that Jaden had to work on a lot uh, coming from. Uh, Arizona State to LSU. So if it, with how much we've seen Jaden improve, it'd be interesting to see Ricky Collins get into LSU and have that staff to help him work on those things. Well, I, I do remember when we talked with uh, Ricky uh, about a week or two ago when he made his commitment, one of the comps that he got from this coaching staff was Jaden Daniels. I'm spacing on the other one. He gave me two names, but uh, Jaden Daniels was one of them. And so um, yeah, I'm not sure he's got quite the athletic mobility that, that Jaden has, but um, he's got ev- every bit in the arm talent. I've seen it up close, and he's gonna be he's gonna be fun to watch. And so, um, you know, I think that was pretty much it. I think that was pretty much what we wanted to touch on today. Uh, just did want to run through kind of the the tentative game plan for in season pods with you guys. Um, I think our plan right now is to do one Sunday, kind of recapping the game on Saturday. Uh, and uh, kind of looking ahead to the future opponent kind of deal. Uh, we'll do that one on Sunday after a game, and then we'll do another one on Wednesday usually. Uh, I think Sunday, Wednesday is probably what we're looking at because we'll have a nice chance to talk with Coach Kelly. We'll have an opportunity to talk with some players on Monday and Tuesday uh, and then then be able to kind of have, I think, a better sense of how the team's feeling heading into that uh, next Saturday's game on, on Wednesday. So that's kind of the tentative plan from there. Um, was there anything else that, Dylan, you wanted to chime in on, or are we good? Uh, I did want to add real quick that it was Desmond Ritter was the other player yeah. that Ricky Collins got sure. uh, got compared to, and I think that's a little bit more closer, f- closer of a – because they're both athletic guys who are not like Jaden Daniels, not running. They're not running 21 miles per hour like Jaden Daniels <laughs> was. True. Yeah, um, that's true. All right. Uh, well, yeah, no, that's 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 great, and um, certainly I think you know we're we're excited. We're excited for the season. I hope you guys are as well. So stay in tune with us. I'm sure Dylan will be on on these every week with uh, with me and helping us out. We'll get Sonny on as well. Um, but with uh, the, the Go 247 podcast, I'm Glenn West. He's Dylan Sanders, and uh, we'll catch you guys later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.